Well, hey there. Thanks so much for joining us on the Hope Fellowship Church podcast. If these messages have blessed your life, go ahead and subscribe by clicking the subscribe button inside the podcast app. And if your life has been impacted by this ministry, would you consider supporting it financially so that we can continue to love God, love people, and prove it? You can give by visiting hope615.com slash give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you are blessed through today's message. Now, before I move into uh, my sermon today, I want to have a very special time of prayer. And they didn't ask me to do this, and they might be a little bit mad that I'm going to do it. But I have some dear, dear friends with me here today. Uh, Larry and Joyce Spears. Where are y'all sitting? Where are you? Okay. All right, right over here. So here's the deal. I met Larry and his family many years ago as a part of Super Summer. And Larry served faithfully, and uh, I love you. You know that. We have a really incredible bond. And so Larry's here today. Uh, he He is on a journey, friends. He's battling cancer. He's in the middle of chemotherapy treatments. And the church he served for 20 years, Macedonia Baptist Church, down in the Lawrenceburg, Summertown area, his ministry there is their pastors coming to a close at the beginning of December. And so here's what I want to do. I want us to pray for Larry and for his precious wife, Joyce, and we're going to do this a little different. Uh, if you are a teenager in this room who's ever been to a Super Summer, or if you're an adult who served as a volunteer at Super Summer, I'm going to ask those individuals to get up from where you're sitting right now and head back towards Larry and Joyce. Larry, will you and Joyce just kind of step out so, because these people are going to surround you and lay hands on you and pray over you. Y'all go back there. And uh, Larry, we love you. And we just want to affirm what we know God is doing in your life and how he's going to be faithful to you in this journey. Church, let's pray for Larry and his wife now. Heavenly Father. What a beautiful picture. Got to see the church surround some people we love dearly. God, you uh, have used Larry and Joyce and his family in so many ways. And we count it a joy and a privilege to have partnered with them for many years at this incredible week we had every summer up in Clarksville, super summer. And so God, because of the friendship that was started there, probably 15 or more years ago, God, we've been blessed to call these folks not only friends, but family. And so today, as we surround Larry and lay hands on him and pray over him, Father God, our prayer is that you would heal his body of cancer. In the name of Jesus, would you show yourself to him as the great physician, as the healer, as his hope. God, in this time of treatment he's going through, I pray that everything would be absolutely perfect God, and that the doctors who would care for him, the nurses, the medical staff, God, I pray that they would be blessed in meeting Larry and Joyce Spears. God, use him for your glory. Use his wife. God, bless them. Specifically now, Lord, we also pray for them in a a season of change with his ministry as a pastor. God, you have used T-Way for 20 years at Macedonia. I thank you for that. God, we, we praise your holy name for all the goodness, the ministry, the people who have come to know Christ, the lives that have been changed under his leadership. And God, now, as he prepares for what might be next, oh God, let him not doubt you, let him not question you, but let him fully embrace the fact that you 
are in control and you're faithful and you have a plan. And God, I pray that his future days serving you would be more glorious than anything he has experienced to this point in his life. God bless him. Encourage him this day. Thank you for my friend being here with us to worship this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, amen. I hope you can shake Larry and Joyce's hand before you go home today. And uh, one of their daughters is here today with her husband, Lauren and Broderick. And uh, it's kind of funny, at Trevecca, Lauren was actually roommates with Macy uh, for a while, which was awesome. And they're expecting baby number one. And the due date of baby number one is December 29th, which is Jared Shingleton's birthday. So there you go. That's, that's all I'm going to say about that. <clears throat> Larry, I love you, brother. Thank you for being here today. Uh, well, are you ready for this? Are you ready for today? Yeah, I don't even know what I'm talking about. Okay, you do know. <laughs> um, I, I want to be really, I want to be really transparent and real. I always try to be that way, but I want to even, I want to be even more that way today. Uh, and so, what I want to do is, I begin this message talking to you for a few minutes this morning. I want you to know that when I was a, a little kid growing up in church. And if you've heard my testimony, you knew that was just what I did. I just, I grew up going to church. And it was the traditional Baptist model of Sunday morning church, Sunday night church, Wednesday night church, you know, Sunday school, training union, Bible studies. And as I look back, here's what I want you to know. I no doubt heard hundreds of sermons. And my pastor was a great man of God. I, I no doubt was a part of hundreds of Sunday school lessons. I participated in dozens of programs at my church. And yet as I look back throughout all those years in church, I do not ever remember my pastor preaching a sermon specifically on fasting. I don't remember that. I do not know that I have preached a sermon on fasting in the eight-year history of Hope Fellowship Church. I've talked about it, but I don't think I've ever dedicated an entire sermon to this. So, you might imagine, as I look back and I think back, by default, I, I grew up as a child kind of thinking to myself, well, fasting, maybe that's just something they do in the Old Testament, like animal sacrifices or something like that. And so I, you know, that's kind of how my brain went as a, as a child and a teenager. I don't ever remember growing up in a church that specifically called us to prayer and fasting as we were seeking out the Lord on an important church decision. And so this idea that, that I've struggled with, which I know is biblical truth in God's word, there's been a real, there's real struggle. And on top of that, for me, you, you think about fasting, that means going without food. That doesn't sound like a really awesome thing, does it? Yeah, some of you are like, no, of course not. The person to the person who just had a couple of donuts. Yeah. And that's the question. Should we have donuts back there today? I don't know. And so what we need to do today is simply open up God's word. 
and look at the passages that will speak very clearly to us about this. That's what we're going to do. If you brought your Bible to church today, if you'd open it up, Shauna, to the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse here's, here was the conversation. You're like, what is this about? What are they talking about? There's a side story there. Uh, we were in the car, and she wasn't mad at me. She just said, sometimes when you're preaching, you move from biblical text to biblical text. And she said, I really like to open my Bible. And at times, you don't give me time to do that. You just put it on the screen. Do you have your Bible open to the correct place? Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. When you got it, say, I got it. She's got it. All right. Matthew, I love it. I love it, man. Open the Bible. Forget all the smart devices. Going old school. Let's look at this text together. And in case you don't want to look at the old-fashioned old way, it's on the screen. Look with me. And when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. For they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. Let, let me just time out. I just want to make sure you understand what is going on here. There were obviously some believers who Jesus said were hypocrites because they basically wanted everyone to notice, look at me, I'm having a pity party today because I'm fasting. Now, we laugh about this, but as God leads you to do this this week, warning number one, all of a sudden, should you decide to start this tomorrow, you will be talking about this like you've never talked about it in your life. And, and we're not supposed to do that. You'll see what the Bible says. But, oh, I'm fasting today. I won't be able to go to Jimmy John's with you guys at lunchtime because I'm such a good Christian. <sighs> Poor, pitiful. So don't do that. And Scripture says, I tell you the truth. They've already received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. Now, another time out. No, I don't want you to go get, you know, a bottle of cooking oil and like lather yourself up. What, basically what this means in our context is get ready for the day just like you always do. Do up your hair. If you wear some makeup, put it on. Your goal in doing this is not to make yourself look absolutely pathetic and miserable. Why are we going to look like we always do? Jesus says, so that it will not be obvious to men that you're fasting. But the goal is that you would do this only unto your Father in heaven who's unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will then reward you. And so this passage comes to us out of the New Testament. You've got to put, the, put it into context. Right out of Jesus' teaching, he's talking about, listen, prayer. He's talking giving. And in this sermon, when Jesus, listen to me, uses phrases like, when you give, and when you pray, and when you fast, Jesus is making the assumption that his followers are going to give, and they're going to pray, and they're going to fast. And he's basically teaching that this is not an option, it's not some kind of odd, crazy thing, but according to Jesus, this, this is a given. It's just a given. 
I don't know if you knew this. Fasting is actually mentioned more times in the Bible than baptism is mentioned. So why should we fast? I could, I could spend the rest of the sermon on this, but I will be very quick on this. Just some big picture things. Why in the world should we fast? Why did people in God's word fast? What does scripture say? Oftentimes people were fasting when they found themselves in a time of crisis. Oftentimes people were fasting to seek God's protection, to seek his deliverance when they found himself in an overwhelming situation. You look to the Bible, you'll see people fasting in times where they are seeking to be in a season of repentance and asking God for some renewal. Oftentimes people would fast to ask God for guidance. And then you would see in multiple places in the word where people fasted and in doing so they were humbling themselves for a time of worship with God. Now, let me just say this. I, I believe the majority of you in the room know, not everybody knows, but many of you know that for the past 21 days, we have asked you to pray with us, 21 days of prayer. And now as we're moving towards our Commitment Sunday as a church, for this final week, one week from today, I'm asking you to include the discipline of fasting to your life this week. Now, everybody just take a deep breath. Just breathe in and breathe out. You're like, did he just say he's asking me to do this for a week? But we're going to talk about this at the end of the service today. I think this will look different for everyone. But I don't want you to, on the front end of the sermon, begin to have a nervous breakdown and run to the table to see if there are donuts. Okay? You don't have to do that right now. Although those maple donuts are awfully good. And thank you, Richard McClary. Last week, I was eating a maple donut, and I said, man, I sure would like to have an ice-cold glass of milk with this donut. And would you believe that brother brought me a bottle of ice-cold milk this morning to eat, to drink with my donut? I love that guy. Okay. Thank you, Richard. Some of you have heard of John Wesley. I want you to look at a quote when he spoke about fasting. He said this, First, church, let it be done unto the Lord with our eye fixed on him and let our intention herein be this and this alone. Why do we do this? What is our intention? Our eyes are fixed on Christ and that we would glorify our heavenly Father who is in heaven. And so when you make this decision to fast, here again, I... I believe for perhaps a lot of people in this gym today, this is going to be something brand new for you. As you think about setting this side, this time aside with a heart for the Lord, I want to encourage you to think about it like this. Maybe you should jot this down. I want you to think about it. Think about this spiritual discipline, not as fasting, but as feasting on the Lord. Because if you truly fast for the right purposes, this is about feasting on the Lord God Almighty. So let me just, I want to be practical in today's message. First of all, some things I want to share with you. What, what will help you out this week as you decide to fast, as we decide to fast as a church? Number one, fasting is going to give you more time for prayer. 
Fasting is going to give you more time for prayer. Here's the deal. When you fast this week, the way God desires for this work is that you would use the time you would normally eat, use the time you would normally spend eating as time in prayer for what God desires to do among us during this campaign. What does the Bible say about this? In the Bible, fasting is always connected with prayer. Look at Acts chapter 13, verse 2 and 3. Acts chapter 13, verse 2 and 3. You're going to try to turn there real quick? Okay, okay. Look at what God's word says. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And so after they had, there it is again, fasted and prayed, they then placed their hands on them and they sent them off. They're worshiping, they're fasting, they're praying. They set aside Barnabas and Saul, they pray, they fast more, they lay hands on them and they send them off. You will redeem this time of not eating in prayer. Number two, fasting demonstrates the depth of your desire as you intentionally pray. What does this really say about us as believers? Think about this with me for a moment. Fasting shows that you're serious enough about your prayer request to God. Listen, that you're willing to pay a personal price. There's no doubt that God recognizes, he honors our prayers offered in faith. Look at the Old Testament prophet Joel, Joel chapter 2 verse 12. Scripture says this, And even now declares the Lord, you are to return to me, look at this, with all of your heart, with all your heart, with fasting and with weeping and with mourning. So think about this with me. When you seek the Lord with all of your heart in fasting, when, when you decide this week to abstain from food, you don't, you don't replace, you don't fill that void, oh, I'm, I'm not going to eat lunch. You don't fill that void with, I guess I will just work through my lunch break. Oh, I guess I will just spend some extra time on social media. Oh, I'm a gamer, so I think I'll spend some extra time doing my favorite game that I'm totally into. Oh, it gives me extra time to work out this week. All of that is going to be a temptation to you because most of us in this room struggle to just be still before the Lord. And so, when you return to the Lord with all of your heart in fasting, you redeem that time abiding in Christ, alone with Him, in prayer with Him. The third truth I want to remind you about as you move into this week with me, fasting releases God's supernatural power. Listen to me. I know for a fact Satan would like nothing more than to cause division in this church, discouragement, defeat, depression in your life, doubt among us. But when a body of believers is united in prayer, 
is united in fasting, God is honored and the enemy is just blown up. Uh, some of you know that Sean and I got to go be a part of a little marriage conference Friday night and Saturday. And it's some more super summer friends. Uh, a pastor in Townsend, Tennessee. It's called Church of the Cove. And uh, their church is about two times as old as we are. We're an eight-year-old church. They're a 16-year-old church. And the pastor, Darren Wigington, great guy. And uh, I was telling him that I was preaching on fasting. We've been talking about prayer. He's like, oh, let's talk. He's like, I got, I got some stories. And so you may be in church this morning thinking, come on, man, really? Really, is God going to do something here in this? Yeah, he is. And he told me the story of um, they finally, as a church, they had been in our boat. They're looking, they're looking, they're trying to identify a piece of land, a property, anything. They'd been meeting in a school. And they finally found a piece of land. And they're like, you know, is this it? Is this not? And so they came together as a church to pray and to fast. And he told me this story. He said, man, the day we picked was horrendous. And we went out to this piece of land that was for sale that we, could, we thought we could get at a pretty affordable price. And so he said, our, our people showed up, and it's pouring down rain. There was an old house on the property. And I guess they had access to the house, so they went in, and they just began to pray. Here again, they'd been fasting. And he said, just a few minutes into their prayer time together, all of a sudden, just the rain stopped, and it was just quiet everywhere. And one of the older ladies in the church, she says, Pastor Darren, come here, come here. And uh, so he takes her to the window, and they look out the window, and just right there, on this one piece of property, it's just an opening in the sky and the sun is shining down upon them and it's clouds and rain, 360 degrees around them. And Darren was encouraging me to say, Kent, as your people pray and fast, yes, God will hear them. Yes, God will guide them. Yes, God will lead them. And so as you move into this week, it is a supernatural thing that we're moving into. And I want to hear what the Lord says to you this week. This is not just about the prayers of Pastor Kent. This is about what God says to a people, to a church, to hope fellowship. The Bible talks about this, of course, this truth that fasting releases God's supernatural power. Look at Isaiah chapter 58, verse 6. Isaiah 58, verse 6. God says, in this kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke. And so you're thinking, man, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. Can, can, you, can you say anything else to me, Kent, to help me understand this? Let, let me attempt to do that. I would say to think about it like this. More than our bodies are dependent upon food, our souls are dependent upon God. Think about that for a moment. What we are saying this week when we move into this season of fasting, we're saying, dear Lord, more than I want lunch right now, God, more than I want a sandwich right now, God, I want you. 
We're saying more than we need a meal, Lord, we need your mercy. We need your direction. We need you to give us vision, God, as we move ahead as a people. Of course, not everybody gets this. Not everybody wants to participate. This was not true. When the disciples were around and John's disciples were around, they had questions. Look at the New Testament book of Matthew chapter 9. Jesus, he was questioned, what's the deal? What's the deal, Jesus? We see your guys doing it one way and we're doing it differently. Matthew 9 verse 14. So John's disciples, they came up to Jesus and they asked him, hey, Jesus, how is it that we and the Pharisees, we're fasting often. We are doing this all the time. But your disciples do not fast. A little bit angry. And look what Jesus said. Jesus answered. How can the guest of the bridegroom mourn while he's with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. And Jesus says, then they will fast. Many of you understand what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, hey, my disciples, they're they're with me right now. I am with them. But there is a time coming when I no longer am going to physically be with them. And when that time comes, when I go, Jesus says, when I go to be with my Father in heaven, that is when my disciples, that is when my followers will fast. And so no doubt we see this play out in the text. We see this play out in the New Testament. When we as a people, when we as a people desire to be with our heavenly father more than we desire food, the blessings of what God shows us is supernatural. And so... Sometimes when you think about things from a different perspective, it helps. Most of you in this room, you said, man, here I am. I'm a believer. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. You'd say, yeah, that's me. I raise my hand. Count me in. I'm in. But I want you to think about it like this. If you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, I want you to think about what it says about us when we don't desire to fast. I believe according to God's word, it's as if we're saying to God, "Eh, I'm pretty content. I think life's okay. I'm, I'm okay with things going the way they are in this fallen world. And I would simply say to you, it should not be that way. And would we cry out, dear Lord, we need you. God, show us your mercy. God, show us all of who you are, your provision, your direction. Show us your grace. And so in fasting, we intentionally have this time to abide in Christ. Back when we were talking about prayer, we had a little acrostic to help you with that. And I thought, well, maybe, maybe as we move into this week, I'll do the same thing with the word fast. So we'll put this on the screen for you to help you kind of stay focused. Oh, wow, the first word's focus on what we're doing this week. When we fast... The very first thing we do is focus. Focus. Here again, I cannot warn you enough. The temptation will be for you to abstain from food and just immediately replace that time with something else. No, it's it's about you focusing 
on Christ, his word, his truth, time and prayer in that time redeemed. A, the reminder is simply to abstain. Abstain from certain meals, abstain from food. S, what do we do? We're going to substitute the time. Now, I've, I've already been very intentional in thinking about this. I know, for example, that my routine in the morning is to get up pretty early and uh, I, I do my thing, do my bathroom stuff, and then I head to the coffee pot. And then I get the coffee, and then I sit down in my recliner, and I'll look at some scripture. And then very soon after that, you know, got to look at that social media to start the day, amen? And, and so my, my little deal, you know, here it is. And I'm, I'm kind of the breakfast guy in our house. I, I do that. I enjoy doing that. I'm not complaining about that. So Shauna, here's what she has. Two eggs. Over easy. Salt, no pepper. One piece of that healthy toast. What's it called? Like Ezekiel bread kind of stuff, you know. A little bit of honey. Do the eggs, do the toast, cut it in half. Here, honey, here's breakfast. My choices are not quite as healthy. Uh, I may add a little bit of bacon in there. I may not have Ezekiel bread. I may have regular bread with a little peanut butter and jelly. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. So here's where I'm going, and you're like, why are you talking about food? Stop it. I have to really intentional just in breakfast, just in the morning time. What am I going to do so that I don't have the social media piece I don't feel the need to turn on the news. What am I going to do when I'm not standing in the kitchen for 15 minutes, you know, frying up the bacon, doing whatever I can, you know? That's a, you remember that old commercial? Yeah. <laughs> Most of you don't, and that's good. Focus, abstain, substitute the time, and then in that time of fasting... I would just simply remind you what Psalm 34, verse 8 says, Taste and see that he is good. Feast on the promises of God. Feast on the truth of his word. Abide in him in prayer. Now, we've placed a card in almost everyone's seat this morning. Uh, I want you to grab this. I say a card. It's just a little flyer. But... um. If you would turn it over to the back side where it says, my commitment. Now, first of all, you're thinking, hold on. This says, sign, date. Are they about to ask me to turn this in? Everybody listen to me. No, this is for you. But I really believe without some kind of a takeaway today, there's a high probability you may not pursue what I'm asking you to do this week. So you have some decisions to make. It would be real easy for me to say, okay, the church, here's the deal. We're all starting tomorrow morning at, you know, 7 a.m., and we're going till Wednesday night at sundown. I could do that, but I don't think that's wise because I believe God will lead each of you differently in this journey this week. I also realize some of you work crazy shifts. Some of you work at night. Some of you work day. So here's the first thing you want to do. I'm going to ask you to look at the days Monday through this coming one week from today, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And you can do that now, or you can do it when you get home, but I want you to identify, starting tomorrow, the days you plan to fast. 
Don't, if, if you've never done this in your life, don't feel like you're, you're going to be a failure if you only decide to do this for a couple of days. This is here again, it's between you and the Lord. For some of you who have, who have participated in the spiritual discipline, of you, you already kind of know how God will lead you in this. So the first plan is decide what days you will participate. Then the second plan, look, look at the sheet. What meals am I going to abstain from? Well, there are options there, all meals. Or perhaps you could choose a couple of meals a day. That's okay as well. I listened to a sermon this week by a pastor named Matt Chandler, incredibly gifted teacher of God's word. And his, his life, every single week of his life, every Thursday, he specifically fasts on Thursday from breakfast and lunch on those two days. And his staff kind of know that's the day he's alone with God. He's in his office. He, he tries to not schedule any meetings and just time alone. He and the Lord, time in the word, time in prayer. And he has realized that for him, he's married and they have kids. It's, it's a bit difficult for them when he gets home Thursday evening just to say to his family, hey, y'all enjoy your meal, but I'm not going to be around because I don't want to be tempted by that. So, so it could be that you choose to fast three days this week and you choose to fast breakfast and lunch each day. It, it, it's totally up to you. It's between you and the Lord. The type of fast is what's next on your list. You have to think through this. Is this going to be a true fast where all I do is partake of water? Is this going to be a fast where I abstain from all foods, all juices? Now, here's a warning too. And, you know, one time I participated in a fast like this, and I'll just tell you what happened. The, the challenge was, hey, we want you to do this from Monday to Wednesday, and we're not going to eat food, but it's okay for you to have juice. So guess how I translated that? Uh, it's okay to go to Smoothie King three times a day and have a meal replacement with, you know, each drink is like, you know, 2,000 calories. Was, was that really a fast? No, it was, it was not. It was not. Some of you, and you're thinking, what about me? I'm a diabetic. I'm on medicine that there is absolute, and I understand all that. That's between you and the Lord. You have to navigate this depending on where you're at with your health. I think one of the biggest things is location. If we're truly going to redeem this time with the Lord, abstaining from food, you've got to have a plan. If you kind of have a work week where you're working Monday through Friday during the days and you say to yourself, okay, I know on my lunch time I'm going to fast and you stay in your work environment in your, at your desk, your cubicle, whatever it is, wherever you work, chances are you'll just, you'll work right through that time and nothing, you're not going to redeem the time with the Lord. It has to be a pretty unique office work environment to allow that to happen. So you've got to think about where am I going to go? How can I do this without calling all this attention? Oh, look at me. Pardon me. I'm going to be gone for 45 minutes while I'm going to the prayer closet. You know, it's to be done with humility and quietness. Location is very important. 
And so these are the things I'm inviting you to do this week. God will grow you in this. He will show you what to do. I uh, Funny story, beware, I'm trying to give you all the warnings. Uh, a few months ago when I went back to Linden Valley Conference Center to have time alone with the Lord, my, my plan was to fast. And I didn't even realize this, but a couple of days before in the backseat of my car, I'd been at Cracker Barrel. And uh, y'all know what a maple nut goodie is? Maple nut goodies, it's kind of an old-fashioned candy. Most, most younger people are like, that's disgusting. Why do you like that? But, uh, man, they sell these bags of them like this at Cracker Barrel. And you know I bought a bag. And so it was in the back seat of my car when I was at Linden, and I'm, like, trying to abstain from food. Oh, my. Yeah, just, just throw that stuff out right now. Just, just, this may be a great time for you to clean out your pantry, Right? But don't throw away. <laughs> you know how we are. My prayer is that God would guide you in this this week. And uh, my hope is that if this has never, ever been something you have done to the Lord, that you would, you would do this. Here again, as God guides you, as God leads you. And then I think what is most exciting about this, I really do. I really do want us to share with one another. Here's what the Lord has revealed to me. Here's what God has shown me. Here's what God is leading me to, whether that's related to relationships, your family, your workplace, people maybe you've been praying for for a long time. That's all a part of this. It's all a part of this. Let's pray to more this, this morning and ask God to guide us as we begin this week. Heavenly Father, I, I know, I absolutely know, God, that when your people who are called by your name humble themselves and pray and seek your face and turn from their wicked ways, God, we know that this is your desire, that we would seek you with all of our heart. God, we acknowledge that spiritual warfare is a real thing. And so, Lord, this morning we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, God, that you would empower us by your spirit living within us, God, this week to be faithful to fast. God, for the people in church right now who are trying to discern, Lord, what is it? How do I do this? Is it partial? Is it full? God, guide them, show them with clarity what to do. And then, Lord, more than anything for each of us, my prayer is that our time abiding with you, oh, God, that it would be rich and full and meaningful and precious. God, that you would show us with clarity, Lord, our next steps as a church. But beyond that, God, what you desire to do in each of our lives, God, as we are your disciples. And so we're open to hear from you. We want to hear from you. We want you to guide us. God, we want you to grow us this week. So God, we can't do this in our own strength. The flesh is going to be overwhelming at times, but Heavenly Father, by your Spirit, empower us to claim victory through what was accomplished at the cross in your Son, Jesus. 
God, guide us, grow us. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, amen. Well, thanks again for listening to the Hope Fellowship Church podcast. If you're interested in becoming more connected at Hope Fellowship Church, please visit hope615.com slash get connected.